soft, wine and cheese, can't rise to the occasion, finesse. I've heard all these things and more about the Tar Heels through the years. But is this a Carolina team that's about to fight? Pack, we're about to find out tonight as Carolina hosts Tennessee. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shea, joined as we are every week by our guy, Pat Kilby. Uh, it's so great to be together. We want to thank you, everydayers, for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch to get your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, a quick note, uh, folks, for tomorrow's show, for Thursday's show. Uh, you'll recall Carolina's playing Tennessee tonight. Milligan is actually also playing tonight. So Coach Rob is not going to be able to join me after the game to record. So we're actually going to record first thing Thursday morning. I'll get it edited and published and up. But um, both audio and video will be up a little uh, mid-morning-ish on Thursday. So just wanted to give you that programming note as we get going. Folks, uh, we've been having even more and more and more great discussion in our Discord We'd love for you to come join us. We had a, a really neat discussion yesterday on Tuesday uh, where Pac was realizing he and uh, his dad were connected to some other folks in there from his dad's coaching stuff. Like wild, wild stories. And I love how this community is bringing people together in that way. So come join us. The link is in the show notes. All right, coming up today, we're going to get ready for the Tennessee game. That's that's what this show is all about. We'll let you know some about Tennessee we're each going to pick our critical thing for Carolina to win this game. We've got our four corners review or uh, preview, excuse me. But first pack, before we get to any of that kind of stuff, I, I gave some of those phrases off the top that, that we've heard so often about the, the wine and cheese and Carolina being soft and playing with finesse instead of being dudes down in the paint and just absolutely doing it. So pack, here's a very just, general, simple question I want to answer as we get started today. Is this Carolina team tough enough to knock off a Rick Barnes coached Tennessee team that right now has the number one defense in the nation? Did you see enough last week at the battle for Atlantis to tell you that these Tar Heels will fight? Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw that they're going to fight. There's no doubt about that. Um, in fact, in the Hubert Davis era thus far, this team I think fights the most from what I've seen so far. And I, I really like that about them. Um, I, I think there's good buy-in. I think the chemistry is really high, hmm. uh, which is good because if you don't trust the guys that you're going to battle with, then it's hard to have that true, you know, to go all in and give it your all and, and, and get out there and compete 100%. And these guys seem to have that. They seem to have that trust and faith in each other that they know they can go to battle together. You know, we saw in the Arkansas game uh, when RJ took that hard foul, um, which was kind of him being out. It was, of the, it was the Nova. It was the Villanova game. Or the Villanova. You're right. And and Harrison ran right over there, like he was ready to go to battle for his PG. 
stuff like that, it tells me that this team will fight. It tells me that they got each other's back. And so um, they showed showed me enough grit in that three-game stretch Mm -hmm. that that I have have complete faith in them to get out there and compete. And not only, you know, did they show me that, this is going to be a huge home game. There's going to be 21,000 people in the stands. It's a wide out. It's going to be an awesome atmosphere, which is going to, you know, hopefully raise their level up even more, and uh, they're going to be prepared to get after it. Yeah, speaking of that whiteout, by the way, <clears throat> if you're going to the game, they're not providing a white shirt. You have to wear it. You have to take it. So just a little healthy reminder there. Uh, Pack, I'm with you. I see in this team a grit, an edge, a tenacity um, that says we're going to step up and we're not going to be pushed around by anybody. I saw that. <clears throat> Even in even in losing to Villanova, I thought I saw a Tar Heel team fight in ways I haven't seen in a long time. And I think Harrison Ingram is a big part of that, as you said. And I think Cormac, even when he's not on the court, like in the Arkansas game, that dude was locked in on the bench, man. I don't know if you watch. Well, I know you were watching that because you always watch those kind of things in a game. Like Cormac is ready to go to war. And uh, like, I think that those two guys coming in and bringing that level is causing everyone else to rise to the occasion. Pat, one of my questions to you from something you just said about it, why does the team camaraderie and buy-in, why do you think that contributes to the toughness and the physical edge? Well, there's just something about it. You know, it's kind of like, um, well, what you just mentioned in Harrison and Cormac leading the way on that. When you've got when you've got leaders that are showing you how to go about your business, and then you start to fall in line and follow with that, and then you know you look around and you see just a really tight knit group, it's hard not to go to battle for them. You know, it's just there's that that passion that um, you know the love that that they have for each other as a team, like that carries into the way that you battle for each other. And if there's divisiveness in that. Then that negatively affects it. Like, mm. ah, you know, yeah. I I might want to go to bat for this guy, but I don't know that I really want to go to bat for the other guy. Or I might go to bat for Armando, but I don't know if I want to for RJ. Like, when the team's all the way on board, they go to war for each other, and like that just makes a huge difference in the mm. way the way you compete. And knowing too that like you can go all out and that everyone else is going to have your back and be doing the exact same thing. It's just there's a trust in it and you've got to have that in order to compete at the highest level. That's a great point about the buy-in of that because it's like, as you were talking just there, I thought about like a secondary in football. Like if we're playing a zone scheme and I'm the cornerback and I release a a receiver behind me because I know the safety's got me, uh, you know, got that coverage deep. It's that kind of thing where you just trust, like we are all so bought in to the system, what the coaches are asking us, what we're asking of each other that I know that if I go do this, that this guy's going to have my back or he's going to be there. Or, um, you know, if, if I'm doubling that somebody else is going to fill in and, and uh, recover and do all those things. Pack, I think a big part of why people look at Tennessee teams under Rick Barnes in particular as so like, is, um, just they are tenacious defensively. I already said they're the number one defense in the nation right now at Ken Palm. 
Um, Coach Davis talked, said three things in particular about their defense at his press conference on Tuesday. He said, he was asked, what does Tennessee do defensively that causes so many problems? He said they have great individual defenders, both on the perimeter and in the post, front court and back court. Um, they do a great job protecting the paint. And thirdly, he said they are a physical rebounding team. So we've talked in generality, Pac, about Carolina being tough. You and I both think that they are tough enough. But with those three things specifically, um, overcoming the individual defenders that do such a great job man-to-man, um, that pr- protect the paint really well, and that are a physical rebounding team, what can Carolina do, do to offset those specific things? Well, you know, for one, to to – attack the first point about being good individual defenders. Um, we've got to give our guards space. And as good as they are defensively, especially individually defending, there's nobody really staying in front of, of Carolina's guards um, in space. Either and, of them. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can get Cadeau downhill and allow him to create, RJ downhill, allow him to create. Um, so we need to do some of those things. And it may be, Kind of what we saw, to maybe not the exact same thing. You know, if you remember, we saw a lot of Harrison Ingram ISOs and let him do his thing against um, Villanova and then again against Arkansas. Um, We could see some similar things of that nature, except maybe freeing our guards up to get downhill and and make reads and make plays and get paint touches. Yep. Um, You know, as far as them protecting the paint, they do a really good job of that because – what their mentality is, and I love it, if you attack the paint, we're just going to knock the mess out of you <laughs> see if you don't want to come in here again. you know. And I think a lot of times there are teams that do that. Like, man, I'm tired of getting hit. I'm not going to drive to the paint anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've got to respond. We've got to keep attacking, keep attacking, keep attacking. And hopefully that gets them into some foul trouble, gets us some scoring opportunities from the free throw line. And um, – you know, Baycott does a really good job of offensive rebounding. We need Harrison to go get a couple. We need Jalen Washington, Zayden High, Jalen Withers, whoever it is. We need them. We need them to pitch in on the offensive rebounding, um, just to try to even even the scales because Tennessee does do a really good job of, of finishing possessions with rebounds. That's a good word. And um, Harrison's been in on it, man. He's been doing a great job rebounding, and I want to continue to see continue to see that happening. Um, well, Pack. I want to move from just talking in general about are the Tar Heels tough enough? By the way, we'd love folks to hear what you think. Can Carolina step up and do this? Have you seen enough from them from a physical standpoint of like, yes, they're going to be invested and do this. We're going to find out uh, uh, tonight in the Dean Dome. So the thing is, let's get set up for this game. And then I want to find out from Pac and I'll give it myself as well. What we each think is the single most critical thing to Carolina winning this basketball game. We'll hit on that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked On Tar Heels is brought to you by Prize Picks. Hey, testing my skills on Prize Picks. Prize Picks this season has been the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn ten dollars into two hundred fifty with just a few taps. Prize Picks is a really simple uh, way to play. You can just take your picks, submit them, and do it in less than a minute. It's so quick. And then you get very easy withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. All of that is what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports 
app, just you against the numbers, pick more or less on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. In fact, I'd encourage you to go check out Dak Prescott's number for Thursday night football tomorrow. I think he might be able to get up above that. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, Pac, uh, let me just give us the very brief details of this game and then I'd love for you to get us set up with a few more of the specificities of the game. So Carolina hosting Tennessee tonight, November 29th, 7.15 p.m. tip on ESPN. In fact, it's one of three ACC-SEC challenge games tipping off at 7.15, and there will be four more in the 9.15 window. So uh, a lot to watch. In terms of lines, FanDuel has it Tar Heels by one and a half. Ken Palm's projection has it Tar Heels by two. The all-time series record, Carolina leads it 10 to two. However, you probably recall the most recent time these two time two teams faced off when Tennessee blitzed the Tar Heels, winning by 17 up in Uncasville, Connecticut. So, Pac, beyond that, talk to us more about Tennessee, who they are, and what they do well. Yeah, so uh, Tennessee is eighth in Ken Palm overall. Um, their offense is 50th, and their defense is first. Um, they were picked to finish first in the SEC in the preseason poll. Um, so far, they're four and two. They've got two losses. Those two losses happen to be against the two teams that are ranked first and second in the entire country, uh, Kansas and Purdue, or were at the time. Uh, now they're ranked Purdue is first and Kansas is fifth. Um, players to watch for Tennessee. Um, and this this name may ring a bell to many Carolina fans for <laughs> the last year. Uh, Dalton Connect. So far, he's averaging 17.5 points, 4.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists, and shooting uh, 37.9% from three on 4.8 attempts per game. So he's really filling it up. Um, Jordan Ganey, which is a USC Upstate transfer, 11.7 points, 37.8 three-point field goal percentage on 6.2 attempts. Um, and he's their second leading scorer, but he comes off the bench. So he's a big time spark for them. Um, Zakai Ziegler, still working back from injury. He isn't starting yet. Um, their starters right now are Dalton Connect, Josiah Jordan James, Santiago Vescovi. It feels like Vescovi's been there for years. Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jonas uh, Adu and Jamai Mishak. I think I hopefully I pronounced it. Meshack, I believe Meshack. it is. Yeah. Let's okay. look at you. Doing way better than me. <laughs> Listen, dude, I have to know like with doing locked on college basketball, it's just like I gotta I spend half of my day just YouTubing, listening to people pronounce their names. That's half my life, I feel like, Pac. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, credit to you for doing that, because I don't feel like a lot of people do that. Um, Toby Awaka, he's an important part of their front court. He got hurt in Maui. Um, so we'll see if he's able to go, and if he is, how much um, he will be able to go. I think he will play. He played in like the last game or two of Maui, but just wasn't able to give as many minutes. So I, I'm just curious to see how we, like you said, I'm curious to see how effective he'll be, and uh, they will need that depth, hopefully, against Mondo. So we'll see. Yep. yep. So 
Um, what do you think, you know, obviously there's a lot of important parts to this game, but what do you think is one of the more critical factors for us to win this game? Uh, it's funny. It's, it's what I just talked about. You know, it's not that Mondo was bad in, in Atlantis. It's just that he didn't do Mondo things. He didn't do things to the level that Carolina needs him to do, particularly in the scoring column. Uh, the, you know, we had those 18 boards, um, and other than that was, was fine rebounding wise, but I want to see this dude dominate this game. Um, I, you know, I don't know if there's like some kind of lingering injury or something that we just don't know about and it's not giving him lift or the ability to finish around the rim. Some just felt off. Like it's not that the team's not getting him the ball enough. I think he is. It's just, he's not. Uh, you know, I, I've started questioning things like really watched in the Arkansas game. Like, was he posting hard enough? Was he demanding the ball hard enough? Was he getting a good position to give his point guards good angles to get him entry passes? Um, but then there's also, here's the other side of me, Pack, with this question. Is it perhaps a good sign that Carolina's performing as well as they are without him having to do all that, right? Like you talked about Harrison Ingram a little bit ago. The fact that right now he might, he might be the most, if not second most important player on this team right now in terms of what his production was, at least in Atlantis, right? And so, you know, maybe maybe it just is what Mondo is what it is this year where it's a little bit less production, but it means that there's more balance. I haven't, yeah, I think we're going to need more of a sample size to determine the answer to that. But that's kind of what I'm wrestling with. I want to see a more dominant performance from Mondo. What do you think on that? And then I'd love to hear what you think is the most critical factor in this game. Yeah, so to go back to your Armando point, here's I don't have an issue with him being the second, third, or fourth option at all. In fact, I've kind of been you know, begging for that, like ba- offensive balance over the years. Um, but here's here's the thing. I just want to see him be more efficient. Like I feel like he's missed a lot of – Um, he's around the rim that he normally finishes that he just, you know, for whatever reason, you know, he didn't, he didn't do as well when we were uh, playing in Atlanta. So um, I just like to see him make his touches more efficient. And if he's, you know, the third option behind Harrison and RJ, then I can live with that. I'm totally fine with that because I think Harrison is, is our best player. And I think RJ is our second best player. If I'm being totally honest, I just want to see Armando be efficient with his touches. Isn't it wild to, to say that and it not be a crazy thing? Harrison Ingram is our best player. Like, like well, if, if you remember, I called that. I, I don't know if, if you remember that. I need to go back oh, to the video, but I, I know we I, need I, to clip it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think Harrison is an NBA caliber player. Um, and I'm just kind of keeping my fingers crossed we can keep him for more than one year, but he's really, really good. He's proved that so far. Well, one area Armando is being really efficient at is from the free throw line. Pack, I know that you're really watching out for that. What is your most critical thing you're watching in this game for Carolina well, to win? Free throws is definitely the most critical thing. Um, you know, I, I went back, I just pulled up the stats to uh, the Purdue-Tennessee game when they played. Um, and this is... This is the stats that Purdue put out. 48 free throw attempts against Tennessee. Ooh. And they only hit 29 of that 48, which was 60% from the free throw line. It's not very good. And still managed to beat Tennessee by four. Um, they've got some weapons and some things that we don't necessarily have at Carolina. Um, 
cough, cough, Zach Eady. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. If we shoot 70% from the free throw line, I think we're going to get plenty of attempts just because of the style that Tennessee plays. Uh, if, in my Gotta opinion, be strong with the ball. Got to be strong with the ball. You have to, yes. If we if we shoot 70% or more from the free throw line, I think we win the game. Hmm. And so far we've done that. We're shooting 75% as a team or right around that. Um, so if we can continue that, I really like our chances to win this game, but we got to take advantage of those free points. Because the, the the issue is is that while we're shooting, and I talked about this, uh, I believe it was on yesterday's show, that while we're shooting 75% as a team on the season in the Villanova game, Carolina shot 69% from the free throw line. In the Arkansas game, Carolina shot 71% from the free throw line. So the last two games have not been a good example of that 75%. Got to get back to what they've done in other games to, to uh, get back to that. So, Pac, I love you giving us that number to watch out for. Like, hey, Carolina needs to be at 70% and above to win this game. I always love it when I can just have a stat to be dialed in on like that. So thank you so much. All right. We're getting ready for a game, so you know we got to give you the Four Corners preview for this basketball game. We're going to do that in just a second, right after I tell you that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's critically important for the success of your business to have a pool of quality candidates to interview. Thankfully, LinkedIn Jobs makes it super easy for you to go find those quality candidates. It's not just some other job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals making it the best place to hire, which is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. So thankfully, the process is intuitive, it's quick, and it's easy. They've even just launched this new feature that helps you write job descriptions to make that go all the more efficiently for your small business. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Pack. it's our Four Corners preview. We're going to go back and forth on each of these. And I tell you what, why don't you take the first one and then I'll go second. Yeah, so the first thing we want to preview is Tennessee's defense. Um, obviously, we've talked about that a little bit. Their defense is ranked number one on Ken Palm. Carolina's offense is ranked number 11. Um, that's offense. Be, huh? Yes, Carolina's offense is 11. Um you know, those that's going to be interesting to see how those two match up. I, I, I kind of think they're going to end up offsetting each other, just how closely related they are in the, in the Ken Palm ranking. Uh, but what the interesting thing is on the flip side is Carolina's D is ranked 27th, while Tennessee's offense is ranked 50th. So um, that's obviously, if you look at those numbers and you really crunch them out, those two things right there, that's advantage Carolina. And so um, it'll be really, really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I'm extremely interested in some of the matchups of our defense versus what, you know, their offensive talent, uh, specifically Dalton Connect. Um, and so that's, that's going to be 
a really, really interesting and intriguing matchup for us. It will be indeed. In fact, let's talk more about that in just a second. Uh, the second thing in our Four Corners preview is we're keeping a close eye on Carolina's bench usage, and here's why. So far, it has been vastly um, more used by percentage than it has in either of the previous years under Coach Davis. Right now, Carolina is using their bench 32.8% of the time. That's 129th in the nation. Now, that is not a, an incredibly high number, but as a reminder, last year, Carolina used their bench 18.3% of the time. That was 360th in the nation, only three teams worth. Coach Davis's first year, Carolina used their bench just slightly better, 19.8%. That was 348th in the nation. So what they're doing right now to be in the 30% usage rate and all the way up to 129th, that is massive and insane growth. But here's the specificity with which I want to talk about bench usage. While we saw Carolina still use their bench well against their first two major conference opponents of the year, part of what was baked into that is three games in three days. So you don't have an, really an option but to use your bench more. What I'm really curious to see, Pac, is will coach continue to trust in his bench at this level in now when you've just got a one-off game, right? You you haven't played since Friday. You don't play again until Saturday. Will Coach Davis use, you know, we've been seeing 10, 9, 10 guys play in the first half. Will we see that still? Will we still see 8, 9 guys get double-digit minutes? That's what I'm watching out for from the bench. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, the third thing, of the of the four corners preview, uh, a bigger Tennessee backcourt, and you know we've already kind of seen some bigger backcourts in Villanova, and they kind of laid out a blueprint of how to attack Carolina with that. Right. I'll be curious to see if we see any of that in the way Tennessee does things. Um, but you know when you look at their backcourt, Viscovi is six foot three compared to RJ six foot, um, Jamai Meshack six four, Elliot six one. Um, if Cormac's able to go, you know, that's going to obviously give us that's a bigger so frame. That's so uh, true. If not, you know, that's going to, that's where it's going to get real dicey for us as far as size goes. So, um, would be a huge W for us if Cormac is, is healthy and, and good to go back and ready to get after it. Um, but Carolina does win the small forward, power forward matchups with Connect being 6'6, six, six, Harrison being 6'7, and um, Triple J. For Tennessee uh, at six seven and Jay Witt at six nine, so there is some size advantages there for Carolina. Um, but obviously, with that uh, backcourt, you know our backcourt being being a smaller backcourt by uh, Power Five backcourt standards, um, it'll be really interesting to see how we match up and how Tennessee um, uh, tries to attack that. Yeah, I'm really curious. Like, I think our starting lineup is going to put play into that so much because if Cormac's healthy pack, would you go back to what we started in the Villanova game where it was RJ Cormac Harrison, Jay Witt and Mondo, would that be your starting five? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Same, same for me. And I think that factors in to this matchup better because while Harrison and I, I, I want to see Harrison Ingram on Dalton connect. I think that makes a ton of sense. He's wise. He's savvy. He can stay out of foul trouble. I don't yet trust Jalen Withers as much with that. Um, I think that he's got the athleticism for it, but he's not quite the defender to my eyeball test that Harrison is. Um, but and while Harrison might only have an inch on him, I think 
Harrison is just a grown man with grown man strength uh, mm-hmm. that that can not because connect is thick himself. Um, I haven't looked up their respective weights, but I think uh, Harrison can do a great job on Dalton connect. So I, I love that. We're going to have to watch to see what happens there in all these matchups. And obviously height is just a number. you got to go out and play the games and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Pack for number four, we just talked about Harrison Ingram and you talked about this specific thing earlier. But I think Carolina really found something in the Arkansas game with just going to that Harrison Ingram ISO game over and over and over, just saying, hey, Villanova just did work on us yesterday with this. Maybe we should try it out more. And so Coach Davis just kept calling. I mean, he's, you know, you and I were talking about this off air. Coach Davis is calling a lot of great sets, and this isn't a difficult thing. Hey, Harrison go take your man isolated and then make good decisions. And he's so good at that. If if the double comes, he's going to find the open man. If the double doesn't come, cool. Dalton connect. I'm about to back your butt down and score over you in the paint. Like I love it, right? It's a very NBA way to go about it. But if it's working and it's efficient, why would you ever stop doing it? So I'm really curious to see if Carolina is going to continue to utilize this. And then if so, how will Rick Barnes have his team defend it? Pack, we got to get out of here. So we need to make some predictions on this game. As we said earlier, FanDuel has it Tar Heels by one and a half. The Ken Palm prediction is Carolina by two. I'll tell you what, I'll go first so that you can have that Coach Corso seat and be the last pick. I hope you got some headgear ready uh, for it. Um, uh, Carolina favored by two at Ken Palm. Again, one and a half at FanDuel. I'm going to go very tight, very close, very physical game that Carolina wins by three, pack back to your point, at the free throw line. I think it's a low-scoring game, probably in the 60s I'm going to go with. And so give me Carolina 65, Tennessee 62. I like that. Um, So interesting stat. In both the games that Tennessee has lost so far, they haven't hit the 70-point mark. Um, So defense, you know, will be key, keeping them under that. I'll take Carolina 77 to 69. I don't have any week or so headgear, but I do have Ramsey's right here with me, baby. Yes, look at that. If you're watching on YouTube, or if you're not watching on YouTube, Pac's got a little uh, Ramsey's doll that he's holding up. I love it, man. Just stick that thing on your shoulders and let it ride. That's I'll put my hood up to join you. Here's my Carolina headgear. That's awesome. <laughs> Folks, we'd love to hear your predictions on this. Uh, hopefully, you've been watching the ACC and SEC challenge that's going on. Pack and I've been tuned into it. In fact, in real time as we're recording, uh, Clemson is up five at Alabama, seven and a half to go, Pack. We need the ACC to pull this one out because that'd be a, a 4-3 lead for the SEC on night one. Lots of great games tonight on Wednesday. Duke is at Arkansas. Uh, we need Arkansas to not do what they did against us and win because uh, you always got to beat the Dukies. All right, folks, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. We're so grateful to all of you for joining us. Again, come hang out with us in the Discord. We're chatting all the time. We'd love to have you in there as well. We crossed over 100 uh, community members. I don't know what you call it on Tuesday. So that's awesome. And you love it. Uh, Please follow the show. You can subscribe to us on video and audio format. Smash the like button so we know you are here. If you want to send an email, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. We'll be right back with you tomorrow. As a reminder, it'll be mid-morning Thursday when audio and video are published. But until then, Pac, you know what it is.
Peace. <laughs>